Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Another week, another podcast, and it is another is it spitball session with Tim and Jacko, but it's actually, it's one of the, uh, we're going to get a little bit, maybe a little bit controversial again. I, uh, I had a message from uh, Nick Morrell, who's one of, uh, an avid listener of the podcast, so shout out to him, and he's been a long-term um, member of the online uh, community in the virtual classroom, and he said um, the... Uh, the last part, the last podcast he listed was the um, why YouTube will injure you, and he was like, "Crikey, that's a you're opening that kind of worms. That's controversial." And I was thinking, "Well, wait till you hear this one. Why we're not doing the hard stuff anymore? What's a title? I think it's the best title we've ever come up with. People, must, there'll be a load of people who just switched off and gone absolute losers. If you're not doing the hard stuff, you're not training properly, Jacko. Well, that's the uh... when we get we're going to get into this. It's it's, it's all contextual. It's like, what's hard? What's easy? What's a beginner? We, we had a little bit of this beginner? conversation a few weeks ago, but we are going to specifically today talk about the hard calisthenics movements. We're going to go, we're going to go there, um, and uh, well, let's not. Let's we're, we're going to do the intro. We're going to round it off, and then we'll get into the conversation in a little bit more detail. But why are we not doing really hard calisthenics movements currently anymore? Maybe indefinitely. Not sure just yet. Yeah, as I said on the other the other week. Um, I can't plan and look too far ahead more than a couple of hours. So, <laughs> but in a few weeks' time, I may be back on the hard stuff again. That's that's Train that sounds dodgy, doesn't it? No, we'll see. We'll see. Right. So we're gonna have a, we're gonna do this as one, but we're gonna roll a jingle and then we're gonna get into the conversation. So sit back, enjoy me and Jacko talking about why we still train hard but not doing hard stuff on the Movement Strength and Play podcast. Roll that jingle. <laughs> right this is a conversation that needs framing and a little bit of context so let's just dial back and we're going to talk about calisthenics just generally as a uh, what happens when you've been in calisthenics for a while and what Jacko and I have experienced as we've been doing it now for around seven years Jacko I probably think it's something like I that I can't even believe that it would be that I mean I uh yes I mean I had my head injury in 2013 so we would have started a year later 2014 yeah, I, I thought yeah, you were going to say, years. I can't believe we're not better than we are after the amount of time we've been actually been doing yeah, it compared say, to some one, people. One thing I was like thinking of uh, when we started, and you make a reasonable progress at the beginning when you're, when you're like a beginner, don't you? And I remember thinking like, oh, in seven years' time, imagine how good we'll be. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite we're that about because we, we still we haven't changed much. But we, let's kind of frame. We are. This is not an anti calisthenics conversation. All of a sudden, we're like turncoats and go and don't do it anymore. It's it's X, Y, and Z. We are just going to add some context as to why, for us personally, it might be that we well we have changed our training a little bit and the reasons why we have done that. So if you are listening to this in your early doors in calisthenics, you are absolutely fired up and loving it. You are still going to be able to take some value out of this because it's not a don't do calisthenics conversation. It's a think about this as part of your training and where we're at now in terms of what we're currently doing might not be what we continue what this might not be a lasting thing for forever it could possibly be that we go back and start picking up on some of the harder calisthenics progressions um, but it's just where we're currently at and we thought it would be a useful talking point just to help explain probably why you haven't seen me doing anything particularly difficult on social for some time yeah and I think that there's there's some context for everybody like what's 
what's deemed as hard is going to be different for, for everybody, but try to take, hopefully we can give you, you know, the whole point of the podcast is to give you help and advice and maybe just some ideas about how you think about your body, your training, how your body and training are interacting together and, and how you can potentially, uh, hopefully be able to sort of maximize what it is that you're doing to work towards the goals that you that you want to achieve and we want to you know part of this the context of this is we want people to consider maybe a slightly deeper um question or understanding of what their training is to them um and that you know when when my start maybe i'm just going to dive in a little bit too deep but when when like one of the first things i wanted to do when we was like watched a Frank Madrano video and like, that is unbelievable. That's amazing. It was like, I wanted to do a human flag for no other reason that it was like, that is cool. It was literally, it was, it was sort of as shallow as that. But at the time that was like the perfect, it was the right thing for me at the right time. Like there was a lot that came out of that in terms of sorting, you know, shoulder range of motion out to be able to actually do the flag, building up strength, like the motivation, um, that I had towards that because I'd lost a load of motivation for training, having finished playing rugby, etc. Like it served a really good purpose to get me active and moving again and learning and learning new things. I don't um, think it's shallow to want to do something cool. I think that's like I don't yeah. I don't think like going after an endeavor like that was is just because it looks cool. I don't think that's not a reason to do it. I think that's that's a positive thing to use. Like do something that looks cool. Like do something impressive. I think that's that's still a, a valuable a valid reason as to as to why you're going after it. Yeah, I think probably what's probably what's happened for me is that there's at that at, at that point I wasn't thinking I wasn't looking at sort of I guess in you know in seven years time I've learned so much more about training over that over that time through learning from yourself as well as all the different podcast guests and stuff that we've we've had and 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 and, and various bits of. Um, you know, extra like training that we've done in terms of, you know, Z health performance courses and things like it's, I guess it's just broadened and widened my view as well as also like, what do I, what do I want my body to be able to do in it? Like we've talked about a number of times before about that one eye on the future as well as what's going on at the time. And so, um, there, that's, that's, there's definitely some context there for people to, to appreciate or, or hopefully to just set some tone to appreciate. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the, the progression within calisthenics, one of the real positives that we've talked about on many occasions is that there's always something else to do. So once you've learned to handstand, that's like the start of your handstand journey. Then you can go into various different progressions, strength-based work, harder skills. There's always something to learn. And this probably brings me to the first point for me as to why I've slightly changed my training in recent times. And to, to give you some context again, like I feel like I've said that a few times already, but this is coming off the back of um, extended periods of lockdown, training at home. I don't have a gym membership anymore. Uh, I've got two young, small, childish type people in the house and <laughs> me and my wife as well. Um, <laughs> so we've got, um, like my time had become massively kind of pressed for training. So what I was finding was I got to a stage in my calisthenics where I could do a, a muscle up ring, a bar ring, muscle up, human flag, handstand progressions, enjoy the hand balancing kind of work. But for me, to, I started playing around with like a 90 degree handstand push up. And what I was finding was that I had maybe a half an hour, 45 minute window to train amongst all the rest of the work and stuff that was going on in my day to day like life. And I was finding that the skill component of trying to learn to do that movement was taking up a huge amount of time. And I was finishing a session, having done some good skill-based practice, 
but not actually having got that much work done. So it was a bit of a, um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a challenge me really in terms of going, what do I want to achieve with a session with this limited amount of time that I've got? Mm. And I just found that I said like the skill based stuff was taking up so much time. But now I love the play and I love the skill based stuff, particularly around handstand training. But I needed to to optimize that training time from a health, wellness, mindset perspective. And the other thing around the skill stuff is like we were we were all kind of mentally under quite a lot of pressure last in the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. I was finding that there was certain amounts of frustrations with what everything that lockdown brought. Then going out to learn a hard skill, getting frustrated with it because that's kind of sometimes what happens when you go and try and push into higher, um, harder skill areas. I wasn't getting the fulfillment from the training session that I was looking for. So the, in a nutshell, I thought that was one of the reasons, and I'll touch on the other one in a while, but that's one of the reasons why I switched to more volume. I started doing more basic type exercises, just our standard still calisthenics movements, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, variations of... I, I went through about three to four months of doing an obscene amount of pipe push-ups just because I enjoy them. Um, and, and this was all like in the context of it, I could be building strength towards that 90 degree handstand push-up. I was doing deep range handstand push-up work and vertical pushing strength training, but I wasn't continually touching base on a regular, um, on a regular phases or, or stages with the, the actual skill component. Yeah. And I loved it. I felt great for just getting that volume in and just being able to go into a session and just doing how like five six eight ten sets of whatever it was without the complexity of having to focus on that skill acquisition process which is hard like it's 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 um yeah it takes a a significant amount of cognitive focus to do it well when you're trying to learn something new and also can lead to some frustration which is not was not helping me um in my mental state to like feel good yeah that 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 was one of the things i think is probably like a great first take-home message people if we can uh we can sort of highlight that because people like that i resonate with that and i'm sure lots of people will do we did our our first workshop at the weekend back um after covid and one of the things when we were going through the hands and stuff was people being or even with when they were doing ring muscle ups and stuff that was like oh it's just it's it's really frustrating at times and like it can be as much as it can be exciting as much as it can be like rewarding and the reward is always much bigger when it has been frustrating but there i just there is a fine line between like you're feeling a bit under the pump because of X, Y, and Z that's going on in your life. Like maybe it's COVID, maybe it's not, maybe it's like just personal, th- you know, a whole host of different things that everyone has to deal with mentally and emotionally. And then if you come into your training, which is something that you really enjoy doing, but you just don't give yourself any success and you're just trying hard stuff that takes that, you know, cause it potentially also takes more time out and then you don't feel like you've really achieved anything. You've not really got that sort of endorphin like release you're not feeling good about yourself and it's like, oh, what am I, am I, is my, is this session serving what I'm trying to get out of it? And, and sort of, that's not to say then you never try and do something that you find frustrating at times. It's just trying to, this is sort of the message for those that have in that place. And when you're like frustrated and you just keep digging, 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 and you're not actually getting anywhere. Sometimes the best thing you can do is have a break, like, do some other stuff that is still can potentially work towards it, but is easier, gives your mind a bit of freedom and gets you to um, just just get some easy wins. And maybe in a few weeks, in a few months, you come back to it and you'll be surprised how if you've carried on doing some stuff, you know, you haven't just done nothing and, and completely detrained, you might be surprised that something can actually start to feel better. Like sometimes you can get a breakthrough, can't you? 
Yeah, definitely. Like I've just done, I, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what my current training looks like at the moment, but I'm doing quite a lot of work with the weight vest and it's got some horizontal push stuff in it. And I did a warm up the other day and I thought, you know, I'm just going to touch base and see what my straddle planche is. And I haven't done one for a long time. And it's ropey, right? Because it doesn't look great because it's, it's sort of, it's not a well-refined skill. Like I haven't done much of it, but I can balance parallel to the floor on my hands without having done anything to, to really kind of specifically go in that direction okay. but just the basic strength component um is, is still there and i haven't done a lot of kind of vertical pushing recently particularly in sort of handstand specific shapes and i'm thinking that that's something i actually want to pick up again when i've kind of finished this current block so i'm probably going to move back to a space where i'm doing more kind of vertical pushing strength based work and for me that would be feet supported in a handstand position and then when i feel ready that strength is there if i want to just go and spend some time focusing on the skill what I know from kind of flicking in and out of strength and skill type phases in the past is that having not done handstand push-ups freestanding for a while, when I go back into it, I'm going to be really rusty on the skill. I'll probably be able to get one or two, but if the strength is there, it's, it doesn't take that long if you've got that skill in the locker to refresh yeah, that neural connection. So yeah. if you're, if it, that could be for anybody who's in, if it's a back lever, handstand, human flag, whatever it might be that you're, that you're working on, even some of like the, our strength and play movements, like elbow levers, even times of pistol squats, that sort of stuff. If strength is being sustained and you've done some of that skill acquisition process in the past, there is this physiological process of use it or lose it. But in my experience, that takes much longer um, than we probably give it credit for. And yeah. if you've done some decent work, like over over the course of years to ingrain that skill pattern you don't just forget how to do a handstand like i haven't done a lot of handstand specific work recently but we did a workshop at the weekend and kicked up into it and felt great like it didn't it felt like okay balance isn't quite as sharp as it might have been but i can definitely still hold a handstand without having to do a huge amount on it because you've got that that history and and it's just it's just there like it sits there so you have this i think probably what i'm trying to say is if you're maintaining your basic level of strength movement stability like things stay a lot around a lot longer than you think and we've got more freedom to kind of move in and out of harder phases of training where we're really going after something calisthenic specific okay. and more general strength blocks not feeling like we've constantly got to be at this forefront of pushing forwards to do to learn the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because i find that gets tiring because sooner or later you'll hit a point where you just plateau and you can't get a breakthrough it's, i've definitely had that yeah. um, and that's where for training becomes less enjoyable and i think at that point it's like don't worry about it and, and, and you've yeah. made this point lows jacko in the past of going why are we in such a rush like it's we, we kind of push forwards with these skills and we get frustrated because we can't do them because I feel we like think I'm getting older we, though. <laughs> <It's kind laughs> of but we, it's true. Like it's why yeah. not just kind of give yourself six months of something a different type of training and come back to it. I, I don't. It's not yeah. program hopping. It's just like yeah, yeah. There's a bit of this year, next year. What difference does it make in the great yeah. scheme of things? There's a bit of um, there's a bit of the things we've meant we've touched on before in other podcasts. Like you say that sort of not program hopping and then also like the thing that the a, a, a second sort of take home for people that to eke out of that I think or to highlight out of that would be that 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 notion of how many times do we get people saying like oh I I, I did you know I'm worried that if I don't do x I'm not going to be able to do a, a whatever it is anymore and this idea of like oh I did one and then I've, I can't do one anymore and we've talked before around like it might that might actually be it could be a fatigue thing but equally just relaxing and giving yourself the freedom 
because um, we get this a lot with people. I want to touch on like pain in a in a in a in a bit, but maybe just not not quite yet. But like for example, if someone's like doing something and it causes them pain in their shoulder or elbow, carrying on doing that because you're worried you're going to be able to not be able to do the muscle up or whatever it is that you're trying to work on or your hands or whatever, like that's not serving you. And equally, like if you rest and get it better, you won't have lost the ability. It might, like you said, stuff might feel a bit ropey from a neural patterning point of view or a skill acquisition point of view, but you've create once you've learned that that skill, you don't lose a great example of this is like riding a bike. You can not ride a bike for 20 years probably and you can get on it and it's like you don't just instantly fall over. It might feel a bit ropey, but you know how to do it. Um and so there's no there's no strength element in riding a bike but so if you're doing some base level strength stuff the the movement pattern of your first ever muscle up that you've never when you were learning that for the first time it's like really weird to try and do that or balancing on your hands in a handstand and then but once you've in, once you've utilized that and you know you can probably touch on if you wanted to like some of the the science behind like how like the those neurons are working how the fascia is like molding and that actually you you have those sort of patterns ingrained in the system. And yeah, it feels a bit ropey and you leave it for a little bit while, but you're not going to, it's not just like turning a light switch off and it's like, oh, you've got to learn the whole thing over again. Whether, even if it's strength, like strength that you've had before is easier to get back. A, a skill that you've had before is easier, far easier to to get back in the locker than it is to learn in the first place. So I just think to let give people that like, take a, take a, take a sigh, take a relax, like, chill chill out a little bit on it and if you if that 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 might not be everyone but there'll be some people listen to this that like yeah i need i needed to hear that i'm like just thrashing myself and i'm so worried that i won't be able to do x anymore if i stop doing it because ultimately you just get to the point where you can't do everything it's impossible you can't spin all those plates I think the other thing that you touched on then, Jacko, which is kind of part two, then I've got a part three. Um, I think I might have mentioned to you the day, but it's, it's around this. If you are at the forefront of continually trying to, to learn harder and harder progressions, depending on how old you are. Now, this is going to come as a point of going, age is not an excuse, but I am 40 years old. And I came into calisthenics with a fair amount of shoulder baggage from my histories of, I don't know, go bang on about it, but surgeries and dislocations and, Someone might be great. listening for the first time to this. Well, true. I've had two shoulder reconstruction, well, two two shoulder reconstructive surgeries and multiple dislocations. Um, so I came into calisthenics with that, with the point of trying to find a way to stabilize it, which calisthenics has been very successful at that. My shoulders now feel great. Um, but what I find is that I and you don't like it, you don't want to give in to this idea that you can't recover as quick as you used to, or your tendons can't take quite as much consistent load in aggressive positions as they might once have been able to. But it's true. The best way that I've heard this analogized um, was, I think it was Eric Cressy. He says, as you get older, your your muscles and fascial and connective tissue goes from like a filet mignon, like a beautiful piece of steak, and it's a little bit more like beef jerky. Like it's, it's brittle, and we just don't have that recoverability. That's why people can learn these gymnastic skills, like these high-level gymnastic skills, when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, like learning to planche at 40, like for me personally, given the, the shoulder issues and whatever else I bring to the table, like it's hard. It takes quite a lot of toll on my, on my joints. And it's it, if I'm doing that and I'm trying to do some quite high intensity strength work, I can find that I take myself down a route of potentially aggravating elbows, particularly, and, and maybe some shoulder stuff. Having focused more on, on like what I call basics, but like fundamental strength work. And I'm probably in some weeks, if I get it right, and depending on what, what the diary and everything looks like, I've been doing like 
six thirty to forty minute sessions a week and feeling great from it. Like they're short and, and relatively short, and sometimes they're twenty minutes. Right? They are. They are super short. Um, two exercises just knock out some volume. But I, I, what I find I've, I've found difficult is to go after like a, I once thought it'd be a good idea to try and play, train front lever and planche at the same time because they're basically like the same thing, just the opposite. <laughs> um, the problem with that is like my elbows just took an absolute hammering from trying to very, do straight arm strength four or five hard. times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't work well. So if anyone's thinking about doing that, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it unless you're about sixteen and or twelve or maybe even eight. Um, so yeah, that's just what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I've definitely yeah. found that I, I have less room for maneuver within that if I'm constantly driving forwards and then I, do you know, what? I like being pain free. I like my elbows <laughs> yeah. not being sore. Like yeah. I like not feeling like my like, long head of my tricep is just like a slab of grot in my, in my arm. And I'm like, I, I don't wake up with forearm pain anymore. And it's, that's kind of nice. That sounds properly old, but it's just like you start to value these things of not beating yourself up. Yeah, that is, that's going to be one of the, that I want to come on to that next potentially. That's going to be one of the, one of the, depending on what you've done also like before, if I think of like, um, I probably, I think I played over 300 games of like professional rugby and I, I can't really think of any way you start the game not in pain and you definitely get in pain during it. You know what I mean? And then like the next day you're just trying to like recover. I and mean, I was one of the like little small guys that would run around and try and stay away from all the big guys. And but they were, I remember playing, there were some guys on the team that would literally the, the, after the game on like the weekend, the following week of training was literally just trying to get the body in a state to be able to play again. Like not thinking about being pain free. So like depending on the type of sports and training and things you've done before, may have spent a lot of time like nursing injuries constantly and so when you're not when it's like you're effectively training for fun and enjoyment of life and being able to move our body in the world which is how i sort of see it now is like one of the number one priorities has got to be moving well pain-free um and so but one thing i wanted to pull out from what you said was this whole idea of like not doing the hard stuff and i sort of tried to say at the beginning or one of the things that right in the beginning maybe in the intro is around like you know, what's hard to one person is, is not the other. Like, even if you think that we'll get people come to a beginner's workshop and like someone has classified themselves as a beginner and two people that both say they're beginners may be at very different points on their body weight, strength, training journeys, etc. So, um, like when you said, you say like, you know, for some people, like you first try, first time you try and do a pipe, let's use the pipe push up because you mentioned that as an example. First try and do a pipe push up, it's like, oh my days i can't like to let the head go forward of the arms like the triceps just cannot and the shoulders just cannot deal with like that uh that loading of the loading of the front of the the shoulder in that pattern and maybe the hamstrings are too tight and all these type of things and it's like crack i'm having to do partial rep ranges of just eccentrics of like put a pillow down in front of me because my head's gonna hit the floor hard and I've seen your easy session. I've seen some clips of your easy session where it's like hands elevated. So you can go obviously deeper than the floor feet elevated and a weight vest on. And so some people are like, that's not that, that is hard. That's like ridiculously hard. And that this thing, this idea of like how hard something is, is contextual to somebody's strength and also contextual to somebody's, um, like the, the difficulty in terms of learning the new like movement of something as well. So I just wanted to like sort of highlight that for people of like being able to, it's all relative, right? So when I'm thinking of, um, I still like to do some flags work because I quite like doing it, but I, but doing like some, um, one thing I've been trying to get better at is 
move, not just holding a flag, like moving in and out of that full position, seeing how much movement, like turn all the way around and all this type of stuff. But I'm doing it like tucked and I'm, and I'm, I'm making it easier for myself because doing a tuck one, it's like, it's, it's pretty it's pretty easy now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like doing it, doing some top positions coming in and out. So it's like, as you, as you learn more stuff or as you get stronger, your like hard thing is different to what it was at the beginning. And so when I'm thinking about hard stuff now, I'm effectively saying the things that I can't do that I'd like to do, um, that I know that when I do, like you've mentioned, like, when I do, if I try and go after like that front lever, it just blows like the elbows up, and it's like, what's that? Is that ser- is that serving me? And what's the? And partly, I'm trying to get a bit of a gauge of like trying to learn from that, and going like, okay, what's what's the issue there? Why is that causing me? Why is that causing me too much issue? Is it a loading thing potentially? Yes, uh, but actually, is there some issues around my shoulders that I need to continue to um, to work on? And so. Um, but that, but that, but as you said, but that overriding message of like just doing too much stuff that's just hammering you, basically like overreaching. The, the same way people from a weightlifting point of view, if you can't lift two hundred kilo deadlift, for example, like a crazy amount of weight, and you just keep coming in the gym and every day, not every day, but say you train it twice a week, and you just you just always keep trying to lift something that you can't lift. You're gonna injure your back, like in a deadlift, for example. Like it's, but we almost we almost it's too easy to try and do that. Um, a little bit and I think we see this sometimes at workshops when people are like super excited and it's like you show we have to we show a number of progressions and it's like not all of these are going to be applicable to everybody but these are them and working this step and just throwing yourself in at the deep end because you haven't as you've mentioned a number of times about leaving the ego at the door like you're not not only are you potentially setting yourself up for injury you're actually just not doing the thing that's going to help you progress the most and actually build up strength um yeah, I think you make a good point about that as well, though. And like going after some of this harder stuff as well, like I was also finding that I wasn't enjoying the training. So yeah. I wanted to achieve this other thing, but I was training planches and front levers and not really enjoying it um, because it's not like I've said to people when they ask me what they need to do before, like it's just it wasn't it wasn't ticking the boxes for me. It's not that much fun. It's a lot of isometric holds, it's pretty high tension. You don't really feel like you're doing a lot. And and to the point of, of actually, well, to, I think I've definitely got some stuff on my right shoulder that I would need to fix to be able to do my front lever properly because basically I don't think I'm strong enough in retraction on my right side. So it, yeah. it doesn't, I don't create enough stable foundation to be able to hold that position. Again, history of shoulder issues and some hyperlaxity in my capsule. So I would have to go and do quite a bit of work to go and fix that to then go and do a front lever. Yeah. So it's like training to do some movements that I don't really enjoy to get an outcome, which probably when I get it, like, I mean, how satisfied am I going to be? So like when you yeah. start to look at the context of that whole kind of picture. Well, can I ask you a live, this is, we haven't rehearsed a live question of like, the question then being like, why are you tra- trying to do, why are you trying to learn that? Is it, is it because, it, and I'm, I'm pretending because this would be my, my answer would be like, because I feel like I should be working towards that thing. Yeah. But even if I don't like it, it's like, why are we doing something we don't like? If you don't like doing that thing, you don't find it enjoyable, like don't do it. But so it's, yeah, I think there's some stuff like with the hand balance. You know what I'm like with the handstand and strength stuff. I, I quite like that type of training, and I think it looks it looks fun to try and learn to do some stuff. And I'm still in the camp of like doing a 90 degree handstand push up is is quite fun. But it puts my shoulders into positions where like that end range, particularly where I would I need to go and do some specific work. Um, 
but I think that's where when it comes into strength-based work and getting a transfer into some skill acquisition stuff, which those two things coming together, in as people talk about bent arm strength, then I kind of find that quite interesting. The straight arm strength stuff, I don't really find that enjoyable because it's it's doing isometric holds for five to ten seconds and it's um, building up time on tension. It's just a little bit sort of like boring. Yeah, I'm allowed to say that. And it, and these are things like some people go, I can definitely do a front lever. I if it comes easy to you, then like good for yeah, you. I remember like, a guy. That's amazing. Years like, ago, it's just not something that comes easy for me. Years ago, a workshop was like. I came with my with my back lever. Yeah. Um, I can't do a back lever, but like, oh, yeah, no, I can do a front lever, easy. And he's like, just shows us up, boom. And then he's like, back lever, I can't do it. And it's like, yeah. crikey, there's a number of reasons why a back, a back lever is, is much easier, but um, there are some of those individual differences, aren't there? Yeah. Now, let's. I've got, I've got my third point, Jacko. Yeah. Um, aesthetics. Cool. Have we done pain? So, the only thing I want to just... Do you want to go on pain? You can do oh, a bit we, pain. I guess we did sort of there. Don't, don't don't train in pain. Yeah, don't, uh, don't make it idea. more painful. Make it less. Um, move away from pain. Yeah, and if you are in pain, doing something for the end point of, so I can do this thing, but my elbows are absolutely thrashed. Then we need to probably have a little bit of reflection on priorities. Uh, but we have talked about pain extensively in other podcasts, or, yeah. or at least not training in pain. So um, just think about that. Pain is your brain telling you that something is not right. So it's probably more worried about that than the fact that whether you can do X movement. You get my point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, aesthetic. yeah, aesthetics. <clears throat> right, so when I am training skills, I am not a big person, if anybody's ever met me, and um, I my general kind of baseline um, physiology is, is not one of a, of a hugely muscular person. Um, so when I don't train or volume... Or contextual though, Tim. Well, yes, but that's how I feel. A lot of people will look and say, you are massive. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not very... Yeah, I'm, Anyway, um, so when I don't train, when I don't keep a certain amount of strength and volume-based work in my program, I don't feel good in my skin. So let's put, let's contextualize it about how I feel rather than what other people think about yes. what I look like. So I don't feel great when I start to shrink away from not doing enough volume. And, and my, I do generally, it, it could be psychological, it could be it's purely sort of um, in my mind about what I think I look like and perception of self, but that's how I feel. Now, the other thing to kind of throw into that mix is... I, have, I actually saw John Berardi talk about this. Many people know him from Precision Nutrition. Um, he was 47, and he, and he put a picture up this week on social of him. Um, he does like a flex every birthday so he can see where he's at. And he's, he said he put a, he'd done a, a lot more hypertrophy work this year because I think he'd spoken to somebody and gone, think about how many more years of, of like ability that you've got. Your, your body has got to lay down tissue. So thinking there's going to come a stage in your life where you can't build muscles as easily as you do at other stages in your life, yeah. what you get in those stages where you can lay down tissue is then going to be much easier to maintain than to try and build muscle when you're 60 years old. So his focus now at 47 is much more towards like accumulating a decent amount of muscle mass. He's not a bodybuilder, but he wants to make sure that his training is tailored towards more kind of setting him up for the physiology which is going to support him down the line. So this is right, right on board with our physical yeah. pension stuff, right? So I need to build mass now so that I can use it when I'm 60 or 70 because trying to put, like, you see, it's difficult to get jacked when you're 70. Let's be I honest. don't want those, like, you know, like you have massive pecs and then people, I've always, I've always struggled in the pectoral area. People call me <laughs> pancake tits, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and don't start calling me that, people. But, um, you know, you see people like, like used to be like massive dudes and then it's like when you get a bit old and wrinkly and then it's like just gets all like sort of saggy. 
Yeah, um, I think that's going to happen to a certain point. But you know, when you see when you see guys that are still carrying a decent amount of muscle mass when they are in the their fifties and sixties and seventies, even well, even to seventies, I guarantee those guys will have been jacked before they got into that phase of their life. I like I like the you know you like you're walking down the street in like Spain or something back when you're allowed to go on holiday, and they'd be like. Or, or even in the UK, and it's someone that's that generally they tend to be very tanned, so they probably like mm. work outside, um, and they're just like they're probably like 65, 70, but they're absolutely shredders. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> but not big, not like big shred, but just like yeah. shredder shredders. Just lean, got the right, yeah. So that that is that is also, and this is like a new revelation, but it's kind of it's probably a little bit of like justifies some of the narrative that I've been having with myself, and maybe not entirely conscious of. But just, yeah, one feeling a little bit better when I'm carrying a little bit more mass. And to do that for me, I've got to put a... I'm not the sort of person who looks at a, a set of dumbbells and all of a sudden puts a kilo on in the, like, a muscle, where some people are super adaptable. Like, you start lifting weights and, and they just get jacked. I have to work pretty hard for it um, based on my kind of physiology. So it kind of leaning down that road of doing a little bit more volume, matching that with a bit of intensity. So And, and that's understanding the hypertrophy variables, right? So I've still got some high-intensity work of six to eight RM kind of work, and then packing enough sets throughout the week, working some things through to type 10 sets, so across the course of the week, and, and, and a lot of volume and stuff in that. But it's just, it ticks those boxes for me in terms of, one, what I want to look like, how do I want to feel, and then this justification of a little bit of like, what do I want to be able to do later in life? Um, and I think it's really easy for us. We've had this conversation before. I remember you saying to me, Jack, like, if I do, if I just want to be what I can do now later, I just maintain this thing, like current strength levels. But I, I kind of feel like I've got to go after it a little bit because you know you're going to drop off. It's going to decline. Yeah. So put a little bit more in the bank in that physical pension so that you've got a bit more to play with when it comes to sort of hopefully 60, 70, 80, maybe even 90 or 100. Yeah, that's made me actually, it has made me think a little bit differently. That's why I like these sessions because you give me ideas. Of like, um, yeah. The next when, week it's gonna be the movement, bodybuilding, and play <laughs> <laughs> podcast. But take exact like so. If I, um, I think like your parents are always a, a good one if you're lucky enough to still have them about. Like um, when I look at my dad, I think of what my dad was like. He used to be a rugby player and all that sort of jazz as well. And when you know when you're like little, you look at your dad and you think like your dad's just like flipping the strongest bloke in the world because basically the only bloke you actually really know. Um, and uh, and <laughs> he's I, the only one that's allowed to wrestle with you at that age, yeah, as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, but then, so weird. if I think of what my, you know, my dad's training is like now, like there is no training. It's like it, it, it's trying to get out walking and just keep keep moving and and, and stuff like that. So the idea of um, like how I train now to try to preserve my body as much as I can so I can carry on enjoying the body um, for later in life is important. But then, as you say, at the same time, this is probably the point that I haven't probably really like sunk in yet until you said it then, is that I can... There's a lot of stuff that I can do now that at some point will just be too challenging when you're 70, 80 or whatever. And so like having that little bit of like, yeah, like... Enjoy getting after a little bit now. That's probably yeah. a bit... It's almost like in the opposite of like what the title of the, the podcast was, but it's in the context of like... The big thing for me is like not going... Not chasing that pain and like chasing that stuff, that, those things that are too hard. And there's a bit of a, a rounding off thing for me where my head's at with, with, um, with, with training and with exercise and actually thinking about it a lot less than like training and what I know that I like 
doing is I, I like do I like doing stuff and being able to do stuff, which just sounds like, it's like what do you mean stuff? It's like, you know, I, I've signed up to this marathon because I said that I always wanted to do a marathon but never did when I was playing rugby and stuff. And it's like, well, you're not doing that. You haven't done that for seven years. Like, crack on. Why don't you do your marathon mm. in eight years? So it's like, okay, well, like I want to be able to like um, when someone goes, do you want to go and you know, going over to my sister lives near Snowden. It's like, let's go up Snowden like, and, and just not even think about it and worry about it. Just like, boom, yeah, no problem. Let's go, let's go and do that thing. So I'm just want to go, do you want to go climb at the weekend? Cause that's going to be fun. Yeah, let's go and do like, just be able to do stuff when it's regarded. Not like, oh, do you want to go on a nice bike ride this weekend? Oh, well, my legs are a bit sore because of the training session I did. And actually I don't want to tie them because I've, I've got, I'm, I'm planning to do quite a good session on Monday. Like I've been in that space before. It's like, well, I don't want to do too much at the weekend because I want to do this thing in my training on, on the Monday. And that to me is like, is now just quite backwards in like mm. how I want to prioritize what I do with my body and do with my time. Like I want to be able yeah. to do stuff. Um, and I think so much of that relies on a strength. Like, and I yeah. think in calisthenics particularly, and this is probably my final point on this is, is it, it, I've put more lower body strength based work in. So I'm doing a weight vest challenge at the moment with the guys at, at Bulldog. It's, um, I won't go into the details of it, but it requires me to do 300 weighted lunges with 20 kilo vest on. Well, you can do it whatever weight, weight you want, but I'm doing it with 20 kilos. Like I've not done that kind of volume on my, on my legs for, for quite a long time. Ever. Ever probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like just that it is to this point of, what I, when people get, what's the major reason why people are frail? Like take aside like disease or, or those sorts of things which can, can um, negatively affect people. People are frail because they get weak. Yeah. Well, and, I think- and, and, and be, because they stop training uh, or don't have enough in the bank when it got to a stage where then life is going to kind of, basically you're going to get weaker as you get older. Yeah. Sorry if, if anyone's hearing that for the first time. Well, I think Tim, the other thing as well though, just like is that pain. Like, if you've not done strength, and then also you've just been doing stuff that you're, you're, you're aggravating an old injury and not actually sorting it out, like, and that turns into an arthritic hip mm. or elbow or whatever it is, then it's those two, like, if you're, if you're trying to make sure that you, gen, you still generate some strength and you're just ensuring that it's pain-free or you sort out any pain, go and see a physio or whatever you need to do to get, to get out of that, then, like, those two things, I think, those two things set us up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, hopefully that's going to be useful. I think it's just the, the, probably the, the, the conversation, the title is why are we not currently doing like hard calisthenics? So you're right. You make the point. My training is hard at the moment. Some of the, some of the hardest training I've, I've done um, from a metabolic combined with like strength work. Um, so we're still getting after it. You've still got to go and chase that, that overload and you've still got to go and create that stimulus for adaptation if you want to build strength. It's not about resting back and going, do you know what? I can't really be bothered. I'll just tick over and not really push myself. If you do that, you'll go backwards. Mm. So it's, it is really around that choosing what the content of the session looks like, phasing it so that you've got this. Maybe you are going to go after a specific skill for a while and you're going to go and dedicate some time to it, which I'm sure I will do in the future when the time is right. But also just recognize that you don't have to be in that zone all the time. Success in calisthenics is not about constantly being able to do harder and harder stuff. It's for me, like I've probably, I'm pretty happy if I never really do anything else. Like I've, I've done things I never thought I would be able to do. And, and this is the context of it. When I first put my hands on the ground to do a handstand, I didn't know if I was going to dislocate my shoulder or not. And now I'm at a point where I can do a human flag and a, a handstand and a, a muscle up and, and my shoulders feel great. So I should be massively proud of that success and pleased with it. Not feeling that I need to, as somebody who coaches calisthenics, quantify or qualify my 
success by being able to do constantly harder and harder things given the stage of life that I'm in and what I brought to the table at the beginning. So yeah. I think I just want to free everybody else to maybe take their own mindset of that don't move the goalposts on what what success looks like. It's okay to pivot. Yeah. And what and and that's that context is for everyone, isn't it? It's like whether that's your you, you've never done a pull-up before and it's like you want to do a pull-up and have you never done a, a frog stand before and the tendency the tendency is to <laughs> that we do move the goalposts and it's almost one of the great things about casting is that you, you get to to always look at like another thing but like let's not let's not chase things and let's not the big thing let's not not forget where we came from and, and what what used to be our impossible um, I think that's that's an important one for people to to sit with it and hopefully that resonates perfect you've got some ground today I hope there's some stuff in there that people will find useful let us know get in touch with on social I always like it when people tag the the, post, the pictures of the podcast and then just put a little bit of a comment on it that always makes me feel like we've had a good conversation so if you want to do that or you can dive across and give us a review on what we think is called the Apple iMusic iTunes um, TV store and um, give us five stars on that and if you are interested in a progressive trading approach to your trading with systems and frameworks and lots of science behind it which you may or may not want to to sort of dig dig into in too much detail but you can jump on our online trading programs and be educated around some of these things as to how to effectively create a trading program which is going to promote success in your calisthenic skills but also longevity and look after your body and get you moving well yeah um, and the final one for me is uh, hopefully enjoy these sessions where there isn't a guest but you know if you like really like it when we get cool guests on and you've got a cool guest that you'd like to recommend send us either a message on instagram or you can email me david at scorecardsets.com if you've got any guest requests we will do our best to get the best of the best on the best podcast the movement strength and play podcast that sounds like it needs a jingle, Jacko. Guest <laughs> requests on the best of the best. Dun. I was thinking I have the target. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I liked it. Wow. That's good. Right. Until next time, keep exploring your physical potential with movement, strength, and play. Class dismissed.